Hey, this is this is Kim Davis, and welcome to another one-on-one podcast. And my guest today is the CEO of Get Intent, George Levin. Welcome. Thank you very much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. <laughs> <laughs> and tell us um, where you're based. So we're based in New York here, but uh, as you can hear from my accent, I'm I'm not native. Mm-hmm. So originally I'm Russian, and we started this business in Russia. Uh, more than four years ago okay. and two years ago we moved to the US to New York uh, because you know all opportunities are here and market size is uh, not comparable to Russian market so yeah. all ad tech companies sooner or later they come to New York to, to the US so and that's why we're here so I, I saw our office in New York R&D in Moscow exactly, exactly. <laughs> that's you know the most popular trick when mm-hmm. all your salespeople are here getting paid well because average uh, salary in New York and attack is very high and all your engineers they're back home in mm-hmm. Moscow or any other uh, city uh, of Russia or maybe country in Eastern Europe because you can ha- you can save uh, ridiculous cost on having your engineers overseas so. I understand okay and uh, you mentioned ad tech and also that get intense is a fairly new company I guess still in startup mode yeah I would say yeah uh, I don't like this word startup uh-huh. because I, personally I have very bad association with this word. You know, for me, startup means that you don't know your future. Every day you want to, uh, to make some pivot, uh, come up with something new, or the worst part, you want to change the world. So <laughs> I think that uh, the most important word in any business is execution. Mm-hmm. I think that the level of execution in our company is we can compare ourselves with. I know IBM with Microsoft, so we're very straightforward and uh, we know how to execute things. So from from this perspective, we're not startup, right. but of course, uh, in general, we're a young company. We have to be very flexible. We have to be very quick, and speed right now is our main advantage. So from this perspective and this angle, yeah, we we're startup. Of course. Okay, we've got a couple of great topics to talk about, but before we get to that, just tell me very broadly where Get Intent sits in the whole ad tech marketing ecosystem and what you offer? Yeah, so um, we are a programmatic platform. It means that clients, different types of clients, I will talk about this later, they can buy um, different types of traffic through our platform. So they can buy mobile traffic, they can buy video traffic or display, so all sorts of traffic. Video is our main priority right now, but still... Uh, we um, what we call media agnostic. So we we also work with native inventory, um, and we basically our focus is second tier clients. Mm-hmm. And our positioning is we give these clients top class product, but we focus on second tier. That's our way how we compete with Google DBM, with MediaMF, with AppNexus, with all these big guys. If we go directly to huge brands or huge agencies. We can stuck there for years trying to convince them to use no-name company. But if we go to second-tier guys, they look more uh, on quality of the product, quality of your features rather than your brand. Mm -hmm. So basically, we take advantage of being small, quick, not having brand. So and it works perfectly with second tier clients. It can be advertising agency, or it can be other ad tech companies. So this is actually our. Uh, most uh, favorite part of our clients, ad tech guys, 
who have the technology, but they don't have programmatic platform. Uh, so they can just integrate the existing tech with our platform and make it within a few days. Basically, right. we give them some new features, new functionality in a matter of a uh, couple of days. Then uh, they just uh, pay us for using our technology. And for us, they are kind of channel. They're not client because mm. finally we work with their clients. Yeah. And that's actually a very good way to move quickly because you don't need to go from client to client. You can convince one attack uh, client and they will bring you 10 their clients. So it's just the most, uh, you know, the quickest way to uh, start working in new market through these uh, channels. Well, that makes me wonder, um, we're talking about the speed with which you can offer this functionality to agencies. Mm-hmm. Are you provisioning it from the cloud rather than delivering software which they have to put into their system? Yeah, so we have a few different options. Uh, in most cases, of course, it's cloud-based. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, you know, standard user interface where they can just go online and run their campaigns easily. There is another options when they can connect their existing tech through API connection to uh, our software. In this case, they use their platform, which, yeah. and this platform is connected to our technology. But there is the third way, the most unpopular, the most complicated, where sales cycle can be two years, when mm-hmm. we actually sell software. I see, so still do that. Okay. They, yeah, but mostly we sell it to clients who really, really care about their data, and they don't want to store their data somewhere in Amazon. Okay. They, want, you know, they have their servers, and they want to have 100% control over all this uh, stack. So these clients are very difficult, you know, you can understand. Right. Uh, sometimes, I like the joke, that during the negotiation process, they can change three CTOs. <laughs> right. It, that's it. how long it takes. Yeah. Okay, one thing which interests me, we hear so much about programmatic. It, it's one of the, the buzzwords, if you like. Absolutely. Um, so it interests me that there are people in the ad tech space who don't yet have programmatic. Is that widespread? Uh, no. I think right now pretty much all buying is doing through programmatic. Okay. But actually, I can uh, I can explain why this word is very confusing. Mm-hmm. Because uh, sometimes people may confuse programmatic with RTB, which stands for real-time bidding. Okay. So programmatic, basically, it's the way... It's it's a concept. It's just a concept, how you buy uh, traffic, how you serve your online ads. And by this concept, I mean that you can program some rules yes. how you do this. Let's say I want to show this ad to some certain people in some certain geographic and I want to show this banner not more than five times right. and if they saw this banner I want to show them this video ad. So you kind of program what you want to do and basically this is programmatic. And RTB, which stands for real-time bidding, it's a uh, it's some sort of protocol. It's the way how you buy this yes. in real time. So buying in real time gives you some advantage that you can control your bids. So you can control uh, how much you pay per each impression in real time. In other words, you can change this bid every second yes. according to your current uh, KPIs, your current performance. So nothing nothing so complicated, to be honest. And... Uh, yeah, I know it's it's a buzzword, and uh, sometimes all these buzzwords they're misleading. But actually, no programmatic means that 
you have some rules how you buy, uh, how you serve your impressions. You add. People do associate it with, as you say, real-time bidding, which means you can bid for inventory at great speed, but also scale, that you can... Absolutely, you can yeah. place very large numbers of bids, which you couldn't do with human beings. So that's part of what people understand by programmatic. Yeah, 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 exactly. So you can simultaneously run thousands of different campaigns. Each campaign has different strategy, different rule. Let's say um, your first campaign is focusing some certain people. I don't know. You want to target people in Brooklyn with uh, iPhone Seven. Right. Another campaign is targeting, um, I don't know, guys uh, in San Francisco. And then every hour you can check the actual performance per campaign. And you can automatically uh, stop any campaign with uh, lower performance. Right. And you can um, change the budgets of this campaign. So basically uh, you can take budget from one campaign and move it to another one if you see that uh, the second one is performing better. So yes. that's, that's the whole goal of programmatic. Okay, now one thing I wanted to talk about is... Um well, let me let me introduce it this way. Uh, I think about a year ago, I went to a programmatic conference. It may have been eighteen months in New York, yeah. and there were a number of brands and agencies there, and they were starting to learn how to do programmatic themselves. And it was early stages. Some of them just had teams, quite large brands, uh, teams uh-huh. of two or three people, starting to get into programmatic. And there is the thought here: there may be a trend that brands and agencies, rather than relying on ad tech vendors bring the whole process in-house. Are you seeing that? Yeah, absolutely. Unfortunately, it goes very slow. Yeah. But that's the best and the only one way how you can do programmatic. Because still, the process is quite complicated and you have to keep your own knowledge to control better. Because the more middlemen you have in the process, uh, the less understanding you have what actually is going on with your campaign. And I have huge experience uh, before I started to build content. I used to work in e-commerce mm-hmm. and I was running a um, very, very big online store with significant marketing budgets and we had people per each campaign so we were controlling 100% of ads inside. We didn't work pretty much with uh, any agency and yeah, your staff is huge so you have so many people right. but at the end of the day our performance was one of the best in the market. Because we knew all small details of uh, all our campaigns. When you work with agency, agency, they do money. They want to show you results on paper. And sometimes there are so many ways how you can improve results yes. on paper. We all know this from finance. You know, so and that's why I think that we have to remove all middlemen. And we have to make this chain very simple. Agency, I don't know why we need agencies here. I think agencies, they should be paid per hourly, you know. Yeah, mm-hmm. sometimes you don't have just enough resources. Use agency, pay them, you know, uh, on hourly rate right. for helping you. But why agencies take their uh, part of media? Why they charge some commission? Mm-hmm. I think it's very, very uh, bad system, and it's not transparent by default. And right now, when people say about transparency, let's bring more transparency to EdTech, it's just impossible with this current commission-based model. Commission-based model, for me, means lack of transparency. <laughs> this, this is obviously a very hot topic, <laughs> and people will say CMOs should own the, the data on their own campaigns rather yeah. than have it fed to them. And I know some agencies will hotly 
disagree with this characterization. Yeah. Um, but of course, agencies themselves are now doing programmatic, aren't they? Agencies are also bringing programmatic teams. Yes, and, yes. So right now, it can be very, very sophisticated change. So let's say some huge agency, they have a smaller agency which focuses only on programmatic. This smaller agency works with another agency. Right. This another agency works with us, and we do the actual work. Uh, so lots of middlemen. And I don't say that all agencies are bad. I think that I have very good experience working with small agencies. And as I mentioned, most of our agency clients, they're second tier. This is a completely different uh, story. 10, 20 people, agencies, they're very efficient, and they work close to their clients. So basically, these small agencies, they can be... Uh, they, I, I can look at them as a part of client's team. Okay. They, they, they are yeah. so connected. But imagine if you work, I don't want to give you names, but imagine if you work with some of these top agencies where thousands of people. Yes. Um, there are so many uh, different information streams, yes. and this information can be changed everywhere. And at the end of the day, client can check on the Excel spreadsheet. So basically, they buy very expensive Excel spreadsheets. <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's a very complicated ecosystem, but... From your point of view, I guess you'd be quite happy making your solution available to the brands with people inside the brands who understand how to run it. And unless the brands suddenly start building their own technologies, it's no problem for you. Absolutely. No, that, that's what we do. What, that's what we did. It's, uh, it's not an easy process, and it's very hard to sell this uh, enterprise technology to agencies and brands because sometimes they have lack of technical understanding. Right. Unfortunately, this uh, platform is not a black box. It's not buying a car. It needs some sort of integration, some sort of uh, real work together, yeah. teamwork. You have to build roadmap together. And we had a few negative experiences with the agencies when they know what they want, but they can answer any technical question. Yeah. So it's... Uh, it's sophisticated. That's why we prefer to sell our enterprise to ad tech guys, because okay. they know what they're doing. For them, it's very simple. They just buy time from us. We sell them time. Yes. We don't sell technology. We just sell time because they know how to build it, and they will build it. But it's time to market, and we can save six, eight, maybe one year. Six, eight months, I mean, yeah. maybe one year. And this is a very, very easy deal. And uh, for ad tech... Most of our clients and decision makers, they're CTOs. They're not CEOs. They're right. not, uh, you know, marketing people. Basically, our ideal client in this enterprise uh, world is a company with very smart CTO who has his own budget. And he can take decision whether he wants to hire 10 more engineers right. or just buy some solution and pay licensing fee. So this is our ideal client. But outside the ideal world, are you still um, sitting down with CMOs a lot of the time and having to try yeah. and explain what's happening? True, true. Very hard, especially for me, because in our company, um, we have some you know, strong advantages, and these advantages, they bring some limitations. So all uh, founders, they are more IT and math guys, yeah. which means that we know product very well, but sometimes it's very hard for us to convince people to buy this product, especially when we know that these people, they don't understand why they need this product. And right. we're not the best in storytelling. Uh -huh. We're too straightforward. Our uh, approach is 
give us questions, we'll give you answers. So, of course, now it's better because we hired uh, great uh, guys here in New York. Mm -hmm. They're very good salespeople. We have great VP sales who is doing his job just uh, really, really well. But we, we we had some problems at the very beginning with our, I would call this too honest approach. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's, that doesn't work here. <laughs> um, it, it doesn't. We... We've uh, dug into that topic. We haven't left as much time as I hoped for the other thing I wanted to ask you about, but let's at least get your views. And that's where the programmatic space is headed, because I've spoken recently to people who've expressed very positive views about programmatic. I've also heard negative views, that especially for publishers, it's just driving down the price of inventory and the... Uh-huh. It just can't survive economically. So let me just turn it over to you. Tell me what, where you think the space is going. So I yeah, I, I, I think I have the same perspective. I also see two different trends. The first one is very good. Uh, sorry for saying this, but so many companies are dying, and it's very good for industry because it means that you know it's refreshing. Old companies are dying, new companies are coming. There is some consolidation, so... This market becomes smarter and smarter. And five, six years ago, the market was just wild west. Uh-huh. You could do bad things, shady things, and it was impossible to catch you. That was the worst in programmatic because it was so new. It was such a buzzword. Everyone wanted to do this, and everyone looked at this as some magic machine which will solve all your problems. Right. And a few companies, they took advantage of this. So... Now, most of these companies, they are going down, which gives some space to new companies like us. So this is good part. Uh, the bad part is I see more and more middlemen in the chain. Uh-huh. Instead of uh, removing this middleman and just giving technology to end clients, I see just uh, some extra layers. So instead of client works with agency, agency works with um, technology, now it can be, as I mentioned, client works with huge agency, Huge agency works with small agency, small agency works with super small agency, and this super small agency works with technology. <laughs> everyone the takes a piece. <laughs> yeah. And everyone takes uh, takes his cut. Mm-hmm. So that's why poor publishers they get very small um, you know part of all the revenue, which is absolutely unfair because these guys they create markets. It's all about content, it's all mm-hmm. about uh, quality content. Yes. And now I, I would say that, especially if we talk about video, there is not enough quality content for in-stream, um, you know, for, for in-stream uh, advertising, for right. in-stream video. That's why people have to come up with new uh, approaches to do outstream, which is ad, which you know pops up in the middle of an article when you read it. Yes. Not ideal, quite disturbing. It would be it makes much more sense to see ad while you're watching some video, yes. but there is not enough uh, good content for this ad. So, it's interesting. My takeaway from this is that you think programmatic is valuable, but it could be both more simple and more transparent. Yes, I want uh, programmatic to be very simple, very transparent. I don't want all these big talks, you know, about future how you know how we change the world I want to move very slowly step by step where every small step is very understandable what we do first let's change the pricing let's stop this ridiculous um, commission based pricing if you're a technology platform you have to be 
you, you, your clients have to pay for technology, so it shouldn't be some tech cost, licensing cost. Why they give you some percent of media? And sometimes it's very hard to control what percent technology charges. Yes. Sometimes it's just uh, it can be hidden for uh, and client. So I think the first step would be just changing the pricing model. Okay. Good. Unfortunately, we're out of time because there are so <laughs> many avenues we could take the conversation. But George, thank you very much for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure for me. And everyone, look out for the next one-on-one podcast.